Welcome to this week's Crowd Church service. We are a digital church on a quest to discover how Jesus helps us live a more meaningful life. We are a community, a space to explore the Christian faith and a place where you can contribute and grow. Our service will last about an hour and in a few seconds we will start with a time of worship after which you will meet our hosts for our service who will introduce today's talk. After the talk we head into Conversation Street where we look at your stories and questions that you've posted in the comments throughout the live stream. I want to invite you to connect with us here at Crowd Church, and there are a few ways that you can do just that. Firstly, you can engage with Crowd from any device during our live stream. And if you're up for it, why not invite a few friends over and experience the service together? You see, church is all about connecting with God and connecting with others. And one of the easiest ways for you to do that is to also join one of our midweek groups where we meet online together to catch up and discover more about the amazingness of Christ. You can also subscribe to our podcast called What's the Story, where we deep dive into stories of faith and courage from everyday people. More information about all of these things that I've mentioned can be found on our website at www.crowd.church or you can reach us uh, on social media at Crowd Church. If you're new to Crowd or new to the Christian faith and would like to know what your next steps to take are, well, why not head over to our website crowd.church forward slash next for more details. And now, the moment you've been waiting for is here. Our online church service starts right now. Well, good evening and welcome to Crowd Church. Great to have you here. Uh, my name is Matt. Beside me is my beautiful, amazing and all round just fantastic wife. Hi, everybody. Uh, <laughs> my favourite co-host. Fabulous. Thank you. I'm really <laughs> glad that you're here, to be honest, because um, um, you you won't know, but Matt's not been well this weekend since Friday night. And uh, I was a bit like, am I going to have to have a conversation <laughs> by myself? <laughs> My conversation is slightly limited in that, you know. Yeah, yeah. Well, yeah. So, talking to yourself is never as much fun. No, no. Uh, in a, in a, honestly, but so uh, yeah. Thank you for dragging yourself in. Yeah, sorry. I've looked. I, I and dragging is is a good word. I look like I've been dragged to a hedge backwards, as they say. But it's great to be with you. It's great to be at church. So thanks for joining us, uh, and thanks for joining in. Do say hi in the comments. Let us know wherever you're watching from in the world. Always great to hear from you. Uh, always great to see what people are saying in the comments. We've got Matt in there. We've got Miriam. Uh, evening, everyone. Hope you're doing well. Uh, so, yeah, do say hi in the comments. Uh, we'd love to hear from you. Now, what have we got coming up today? Today, we've got Peter Farrington talking to us. The legend. Um, we've been working our way through the Book of Acts, so he's continuing with that. And after he's done his talk, we're going to talk about the talk. We're going to talk about the talk. Yeah. And any of your questions or comments, you can put them in the comments and hopefully we will pick up on them. Do you know what? I've just realized, talk about the talk. Tat. <laughs> okay. <Yeah. laughs> We're going to tat. <laughs> oh, dear. Tat's a good English word. Uh, and it just... It, it, it doesn't really work. It doesn't really work in that context, does it? Mm -mm bit of tat uh so yeah we're going to talk about the talk in something we call conversation street which is a much cooler name than tat uh so yeah do say 
<laughs> do stay and join us for that after the talk. Uh, so we've got that coming up. One of the things that we do invite you to do as we go and listen to the talk, as Peter chats on, uh, as we, like Sharon said, we're carrying on the book of Acts. Um, do write your questions, your thoughts, your ideas in the comments. We would love to hear from you um, and uh, hear anything you've got. Uh, oh, Ashton's in the comments. Does anyone here also attend church physically? Just wondering that. Yes. Yes, we do. We do. Yeah. Some, well, some of us do, some of us don't. Yeah. So I was at uh, in-person church this morning. Matt wasn't there because he wasn't feeling well and is, I think, using all of his energy now. <laughs> Saved screen, it up. Because he's not been like this all weekend. <laughs> so Saved it up. I I'm going to crash in a minute. Yeah, I think afterwards <laughs> it's just going to be... But yeah, you, you went to uh, in-person church, so Crowd is connected to Frontline Church, for those of you who don't know, which is a church here in Liverpool, uh, which is an in-person church. Many congregations, we look after the one that's online, which is mm -hmm. just great fun. And I know some people who are partakers, that were partakers, <laughs> some people attend Crowd, uh, just attend Crowd, it's their online church, for a number of reasons, really. Number one, they might not be able to get to an in-person church building. Number two, might not want to go to in-person church. Uh, and number three might actually just be the majority of people just looking at Christianity, looking at the journey, um, and so just wondering what it's all about. So wherever you are on the journey, uh, it's great that you're with us. So great question, Ashton. Hopefully that answers your uh, your question. Uh, so yes, it's a mixture. That's a really long-winded way of saying it's a mixture. Um, but one of the things I love about crowd, something you don't see in in-person church, as we go through the talk, you get to write your thoughts, questions, and comments uh in the chat because we'd like to respond to them um it's it's not that easy in, in person church to put your hand up and say excuse me preacher <laughs> depending on the size of the church i guess yeah. yeah and how well you know the preacher i suppose yeah, but yeah. <laughs> <laughs> i have a question or a comment which you can do here so get busy doing that in the comments um i'm gonna play the talk now and then sharon and i will be back after this see you soon hello crowd so today we are going to be looking at acts chapter 16 uh, we're going to read verses 6 through 40, but before I do that, let me just fill you in on what's just happened. So Paul and Silas were met by a slave girl who was possessed by a spirit of divination, and she brought her owners a lot of money from her fortune-telling. But uh, Paul casts this spirit out of her, which greatly infuriates the slave girl's owners because now their hope of gain is gone. So. They took Paul and Silas before the magistrates, who then beat them up and threw them into prison. So let's have a look at what happens next. Uh, verse 6, reading from verse 6. No, we're not. We're reading from verse 25. Sorry. About midnight, uh, this is in prison, Paul and Silas were praying and singing hymns to God, and the prisoners were listening to them. And suddenly there was a great earthquake so that the foundations of the prison were shaken. And immediately all the doors were opened and everyone's bonds were unfastened. When the jailer woke and saw that the prison doors were open, he drew his sword and was about to kill himself, supposing that the prisoners had escaped. But Paul cried with a loud voice, do not harm yourself, for we are all here. And the jailer called for lights and rushed in. And trembling with fear, he fell down before Paul and Silas. Then he brought them out and said, Sirs, what must I do to be saved? And they said, Believe in the Lord Jesus and you will be saved, you and your household. 
and they spoke the word of the Lord to him and to all who were in his house. And he took them the same hour of the night and washed their wounds. And he was baptized at once, he and all his family. Then he brought them up into his house and set food before them. And he rejoiced along with his entire household that he had believed in God. But when it was day, the magistrates sent the police saying, let those men go. And the jailer reported these words to Paul saying, the magistrates have sent to let you go. Therefore, come out now and go in peace. But Paul said to them, they've beaten us publicly, uncondemned, men who are Roman citizens and thrown us into prison. And do they now throw us out secretly? No, let them come themselves and take us out. So the police reported these words to the magistrates and they were afraid when they heard they were Roman citizens. So they came and apologized to them and they took them out and asked them to leave the city. So they went out of the prison and visited Lydia. And when they had seen the brothers, they encouraged them and departed. Now, I've heard this story uh, quite a few times. And I think when you're um, too familiar with something, it's very easy to actually miss what it's all about. Right. So so for me, it's easy for me to come away from reading this uh, story with the idea that uh, it was Paul and Silas's worship that freed them. It was it was their singing that got them out of prison. It was their worship that was the, the catalyst for breakthrough. But I think when you take a closer look, it, be, it quickly becomes apparent that that wasn't really the case. And there's a lot more going on in this story. So firstly, it was it was clearly a supernatural event because immediately all the doors were opened and everyone's bonds were unfastened. But even after that, they were still in prison and they weren't actually freed until the morning. Yes, they were taken up to the jailer's house, but they hadn't been released. And in fact, they even refused to leave when they'd been let go. They were like, you can't just quietly let us out. We're Roman citizens and we were unjustly imprisoned after being beaten. So you come and publicly release us. And we're not actually told why they were released or, uh, or why it happened when it did. And so we don't really know how much it had to do with the earthquake. So it doesn't appear as though this is all about God breaking them out of prison because they were worshipping him. Like I, I don't think it's <laughs> that it was the case that God was... Uh, they're listening, thinking, gosh, guys, these are some banging tunes. This is my dream set list. So you know what? I'm going to I'm going to break you out of here. Um, and I think if you um, think about it from Paul and Barnabas's perspective, I, I wonder what was going on in their minds. Like, I wonder if they had had in mind Peter's miraculous jail escape from just a few years earlier. That time, an angel had appeared to Peter. He struck him on the side and told him to get dressed and follow him. Um, the angel then proceeded to lead him out of the prison right in front of the guards with the gate opening for them of its own accord. Now, it would have been much less chaotic. It would have been much smoother if God could have just done that again, right? I mean, he even got Peter home in time for the prayer meeting that, that evening um, or that night. But God isn't a genie in a bottle. He isn't a vending machine. We like to think that God will behave in exactly the same way every single time we're faced with a problem. So, come on, God, 
I'll pop the worship playlist on and you get to work. If I do everything in exactly the same way, I'll get the desired result or it'll all happen the same as last time. But this wasn't, I mean, this wasn't even Paul's last time in prison. God didn't break Paul out of prison later on when he's in Rome. But we can safely assume that Paul was still worshipping God then. So all this really challenges this kind of formulaic idea that if I just sing a little louder, my breakthrough is just around the corner and God will do what I want if I just sing the right song. And actually, I think that this, this kind of thinking can be crushing because if things don't work out how we want it to, whose fault is it? It's yours because you didn't sing loud enough or you didn't sing the right song. You didn't do things right. Now, don't get me wrong, I'm, I'm by no means wanting to downplay the significance of men praising God while imprisoned for serving him. I mean, it's phenomenal. Uh, in fact, I think it's of such significance that I want to delve deeper and figure out how it is, why it is that prisoners can sing and praise God whilst in prison because of their very commitment to him. It's challenging stuff, right? Like, I, I very much doubt that anyone listening to this is in prison right now for being a Christian, but um, is, is praise still, is praise the first thing on your lips when you stub your toe or when you get a flat tire? And you might think, oh, Peter, come on, stop. It's just not, it's just not realistic. That's, that's different, okay? But I think if we look at um, some of Paul's words, we get, we get clues as to how it was that they could sing. Like we don't know the lyrics of the hymns that, that Paul and Silas were singing, um, but I, I don't think this is speculation. If we look at Paul's words, we can be, we can be pretty sure about uh, what it was that made him sing. In Colossians 1 verses 13 to 14, these are words that were penned, by the way, um, most likely while he was in prison in Rome. Um, he says this, God has rescued us from the dominion of darkness and brought us into the kingdom of the son he loves, in whom we have redemption, the forgiveness of sins. He says this in prison, God has rescued us from the dominion of darkness. That's phenomenal. You listen to these men preach, Paul and Silas, and at the forefront of their minds and always on their lips was the story of how God had freed them from bondage to sin. Uh, we see this any time they got a chance to share with people. The gospel determined how they walked through suffering and, and hardship. It's so much so that even here in chapter 16, as they see their shackles falling off their wrists and the doors flying open, they see all that not as an opportunity for escape, but as an opportunity for witness. Their confidence and security in the gospel was so great that it caused them to, to pause and to consider what God might be up to. And their, their actions here really just demonstrated that they knew a sovereign God. They didn't respond by saying, well, we don't know if we're going to get an opportunity like this again. So let's, let's get out of here now. Quick, this is our chance. Let's go, go, go. And, and so this isn't a story of how um, the power of their songs broke them out of prison. 
This is a story of how the power of the gospel makes prisoners sing. And I'm saying this about both the Christian who is suffering persecution, hardship or pain, and the unbeliever who sees no way out of their bondage to sin. You see, this really is a tale of two prisoners, or two types of prisoners. I keep forgetting Silas as well, Paul Silas. We're always talking about Paul. Um, but this is a tale of two types of prisoner, two types of captivity. Because despite being held in prison unjustly, Paul and Silas were truly free men, regardless of whether or not God was going to break them out of prison and, and free them from their physical shackles. They were truly free men, even sat there in chains, and they, they knew it and they lived like it. I want to um, uh, just share a verse from Isaiah 61. It's a very famous verse. Um, so this is from the Old Testament, but Jesus actually quotes this in the New Testament, and he claims that this is about himself. So Isaiah 61 verse 1 says, The Spirit of the Lord God is upon me. Because the Lord has anointed me to bring good news to the poor. He has sent me to bind up the brokenhearted, to proclaim liberty to the captives and the opening of the prison to those who are bound. Jesus came to open prison doors and to free prisoners. Now, I, I said that Paul and Silas were truly free men despite being in chains. And the true prisoner in this story is really the jailer. He was in bondage, in slavery to sin. The Bible um, uses this language of um, bondage and slavery to sin over and over again. Um, and we are all in bondage to sin without Christ. And, and sin only has power over us because we love it. Um, we love this thing that destroys us and, and destroys uh, any chance of relationship with God. Um, and he, here we see the, the jailer, he falls to his knees with a repentant heart and he asks this question, what must I do to be saved? And it's incredible how simple this answer is, Paul and Silas's answer, believe in the Lord Jesus and you will be saved. And Going back to Paul and Silas, I think um, if we were to hear them sing like that today, we would very possibly accuse them of toxic positivity. You might have heard this phrase before, um, and it, it certainly must have been pretty bewildering, uh, possibly infuriating uh, for the other prisoners to hear them sing in these hymns in their shackles. Um, but I, I don't think these men I don't think Paul and Silas were in denial about the reality of the circumstances they found themselves in. We see Paul in, in multiple places uh, describe the, the realities of his sufferings. Like in um, 1 Corinthians 11, he gives us an extensive list of his sufferings for Christ. Uh, and in 2 Corinthians 4 verses 16 to 18, he says, We do not lose heart, though our outer self is wasting away. Our inner self is being renewed day by day for this light momentary affliction is preparing for us an eternal weight of glory beyond all comparison. As we look not to the things that are seen, 
but to the things that are unseen. For the things that are seen are transient, but the things that are unseen are eternal. Well, what about this in Romans 8 verse 18? For I consider that the sufferings of this present time are not worth comparing with the glory that is to be revealed in us. So there is a difference. There is a very real difference between living in denial. And um, and we can all be um, prone to this. This is something we want to avoid. John, John Harding spoke about this a couple of weeks ago. Um, it's not good to live in, in denial. But there's a difference between that and then viewing your temporal circumstances through the perspective of eternal realities. Paul and Silas's sufferings were dwarfed by the joy of the gospel. And it, it would, in fact, have been a far greater denial to not recognize and allow their blood bought freedom from sin, death and the devil to shape their response to the difficulties they found themselves in. So please hear me, I'm not saying that you should live in denial about what you're going through, but I do wonder what fear and what anxiety would be dispelled, or would lose their grip over my heart if I were to truly cling more tightly to the truth of the gospel. Because it might just be the greatest form of denial to look at the gospel, to look at what Christ did for us on the cross when he purchased our freedom and then to say no you have no power here you you have no power in my despair I remember um, about two and a half years ago when our little boy was in the neonatal intensive care unit with meningitis um, I I had no words in me at the time to pray anything except for the word father that's as as far as my prayers could get. And um, during those sleepless days and nights, um, I listened to a worship song with these lyrics. It says, because it's only from you, it's only from you. Some things come only from you. We can gain this whole world doing all we can do. But peace, love and joy come from you. Some things come only from you. And that was of uh, immense comfort to me at the time, a time of um, real agony. And it looked like for a few days, like things were really touch and go as to whether my son was going to make it. But real lasting peace, love and joy comes only from God, not from our circumstances matching our preferences, but from a God who came to open prison doors and free us from our sin. And if we go back to Romans 8 again, we see uh, towards the end of that chapter that Paul went on to say this. Um, if God is for us, who can be against us? He who did not spare his own son, but gave him up for us all. How will he not also with him graciously give us all things? Who shall bring any charge against God's elect? It is God who justifies. Who is to condemn? Christ Jesus is the one who died. More than that, who was raised, who is at the right hand of God, who indeed is interceding for us. Who shall separate us from the love of Christ? Shall tribulation or distress or persecution 
or famine, or nakedness, or danger, or sword. As it is written, for your sake we are being killed all the day long. We are regarded as, sh as sheep to be slaughtered. No, in all these things we are more than conquerors through him who loved us. For I am sure that neither death nor life, nor angels nor rulers, nor things present nor things to come, nor powers, nor height, nor depth, nor anything else in all creation will be able to separate us from the love of God in Christ Jesus our Lord. That was the foundation of every hope that they had, to cling to that same hope today. Thanks for listening, guys. Wow, there you go. That was Pete's talk. Loved I just love Pete's talks. Yeah, I like listening to Pete. It's just great, isn't he? You get so many great quotes. My favourite one being, uh, I wrote it down here, let me put my glasses on. Uh, the power of the gospel makes prisoners sing, uh, which I thought was great. So uh, we're going to get into that. Any questions, uh, any thoughts yourselves, do write them in the comments. We will get to those, including, Miriam, your questions about the Christmas service. We'll uh, get into all of that, yeah. no doubt. <laughs> Hey, it's never too early to be planning about Christmas. Apparently not. <laughs> never too early. Uh, we have to plan from July uh, normally. Uh, but anyway. You like to, don't you? I, do, I love Christmas. I do love Christmas. Anyway, should we get into Pete's talk first? Definitely, yeah. What, what stood out then? Well, I've got a few bits, um, not necessarily in the order that he said them, but one of them was the whole thing about toxic positivity, which I thought it was good making that link with kind of something in culture and I thought he made the very good point that um, them singing wasn't kind of going, oh, yeah, everything's fab and we're having a great time yeah. and denying their situation. But it's kind of looking beyond your situation. And it reminded me of uh, a lot of the Psalms, the book of the Bible called Psalms, where you've got people who've written songs. And there's quite a few songs in there where people are just pouring out their hearts. And in some cases... Um, where someone's up against their enemies, they are literally saying, I really don't like my enemies. God, would you come and kill them? And you're a bit like, oh, it's <laughs> a bit shocking. <laughs> you know? yeah. Should you be saying that? Um, so I think the, the Bible is very much uh, about facing reality yeah. as it is, but it doesn't leave us there. And I think um, it just, yeah, the gospel helps us look beyond our current reality to the bigger picture of... Yeah who God is and what he's done. So, yeah, that was something that stood out to me. Yeah, it's really, and and it's worth actually, I mean, just, let's just talk about this now. It's probably a good point um, where, you know, God go kill my enemies, given what's going on in Israel um, mm. at the moment. Uh, I did want to say, actually, that we, we talked about this a little bit last week, if you watched the live stream. Um, me and Claire Glare were hosting, and we talked about uh, what was happening in Israel. And the truth of the matter was, at the time, I was really unaware of what was happening. Uh, and it was only when I got back and I, you started to see the news and you thought, geez, there's a lot going on here. Um, and so, yeah, do pray because um, we can neither condone terrorism, but at the same time, I'm very aware that uh, there are innocent people in the Gaza Strip uh, who are getting displaced and all kinds of stuff at the moment. So. Yeah, it's the whole thing is complex. 
Um, and we can have our opinions about it. We can have our viewpoints, I suppose. But the bottom line is, I think as Christians, we just need to pray. Pray for the peace of Jerusalem uh, and pray for Israel uh, and those folks in Gaza at the moment. I was speaking with a friend of mine. I knew he had family over there. But yeah, just a lot going on. Just yeah. a lot going on. So Yeah, I think in so many countries at the moment, there, there just seems to be so much going on. Lots yeah. of conflict and lots of people displaced and... Yeah, it's hard. It is. I mean, Ukraine-Russia is still going on, and there's all kinds of stuff going on around the world, isn't there? Um, and so I think, uh, and the Bible is not shy about talking about this stuff. Mm. Uh, very clear that actually all these things are going to happen, um, and wars and rumors of wars and all that sort of stuff. Mm. I'm not getting into whether this is in the end times, because it's not my specialty, I'm not going to lie. But I do think we need to pray and pray for them. Uh, as a church, so do do hold these guys up in prayer, um, and for all the conflicts that are going on. And it, I think when you when you're aware of when you're aware of this, like like what Peter said, you know, um, as he was talking, there is this eternal perspective, isn't there? This eternal truth, this eternal reality that says, in spite yeah. all of what I see, in spite of what's going on around me, there is a truth here, mm-hmm. um, a truth in the gospel that we can hold on to. And I think. Actually, that's super reassuring, isn't it? Yeah, definitely. Very good. Sorry, I talked over you there a little minute. Uh, let's go back to what you're talking about. <laughs> uh, yeah, uh, toxic positivity. Yeah, it's not that we can very much. Uh, I think the Bible encourages us to say how we're feeling about stuff, but yeah. not to stop there, not to get stuck in that. I think so. We're free to express our emotions, but we're also free not to be controlled by our emotions because. I think sometimes our emotions they they not they don't necessarily tell us what's true they tell us how we feel about what's going on yeah um and they're you know they're, they're part of being human that's great but um I think God does have a bigger picture for us which I think can be encouraging when we are struggling yeah absolutely and there is I and mean, we've talked about this a little bit on crowd before this toxic positivity idea um we do see in Christian circles, right? So especially in the, what I would call the word of faith movement um, or the, the word of faith teaching, uh, which I, I, you know, I, I, a history with that, not an issue. Um, but I do, I do remember that out of that, there is this ability to deny the reality that we're living in mm-hmm. because we don't speak negatively about something as Christians, because whatever we confess with our mouth um, is going to happen. It's almost like I can't say anything negative. That to me is an extreme. Yeah. Um, and that I would call toxic positivity. Um, take that out of the church, put it into modern culture, and you have positive mental attitudes. You have positive thinking. Um, and, you know, <laughs> we did a talk in Crowd Church. It must be, what, 18 months, two years ago now, mm. um, called Positive Thinking is Not Enough. Um, and actually, there's a lot of science behind this as well now. Um, and so if you're into positive thinking, God bless you. Uh, I think it's good to be positive. Yeah. Um, but not at the expense of denying what's going on. Yeah, definitely. But, and there is... <laughs> I, I just, I've caught myself in my head what I was going to say then. So let me reverse it uh, <laughs> about big butts. Um, <laughs> okay. There's a, well, I was going to say there's a big butt here. Um, <laughs> you can't, there's the, the flip side of that is 
we get so caught up in our emotions and so caught up in our reality that we refuse to accept a bigger truth yeah. and we become victim to it and we stay um, we stay downtrodden by it. Yeah. And that's one thing you don't see happening here in prison, right? No, that's that brings me on to another point that I picked up on where Peter was talking about two types of prisoner in this story. Yeah, really and uh, so the people who were physically in prison weren't actually the prisoners in this story. It was the guy who was keeping them there who was more the prisoner and that how we can be physically free but actually internally we can be a prisoner and i've definitely experienced that in my life before where i just felt like i was constantly getting pulled back to the past because yeah all this stuff that i'd not dealt with not brought to god i didn't know how to deal with um but actually it's the gospel that set me free from those the good yeah. news that actually on the inside made me free so i th- i think is what these uh this story is another example of how we can be free even if our circumstances on the outside they look like we shouldn't be at all yeah and it actually reminded me of a a quote that's so I, I was just dipping in and out of a book this week by Tim Keller. It was to do with work, actually. So oh, not yeah. completely related. Not Is that not really the Every Good Endeavor book? Yeah, fabulous book. Um, um, and it was just making me think because it on the outside, it looked like Paul and Silas were in this dreadful situation, which they were, but they were still able to praise God. And there's a quote from this book where Tim Keller is quoting a philosopher called Nicholas Waterstorff. I think I've got very scribbled notes here. <laughs> and he's saying modern culture defines the happy life as a life that's going well, full of experiential pleasure. While to the ancients, the happy, happy life meant the life that is lived well with character, courage, humility, love and justice. And I think we see all those last things in the gospel message yeah. that all, all those things that come from God himself. Yeah. Um, and I'm expecting Matt Crew to be making jokes about ancients now, <laughs> relating to you and me. But anyway, just preempt. Well, he's one. he's put in the comments <laughs> here. We would like to thank our host for not singing this week. <laughs> You're welcome. <laughs> Claire and I sang last week. Oh, uh, yeah, and it was not good on any kind of level. It was not good, and I do apologise again um, for doing that. Uh, especially if you watched it on catch up. Um, no, and we, I, we thought we could, uh, well, we didn't think at all, but we could have, you know, pretended to act like Paul and Silas and uh, just started singing our hymns out. Uh, but we won't do that either. So you, you'll be spared, Matt. You'll be pleased to know. Mm-hmm. But yeah, it's a great quote. Um, it is a great quote. It remi- as you were talking, it reminded me of the speech by um, Dr. King that my, you know, I have a dream mm-hmm. that my children would judge by the content of their character, mm-hmm. um, which I think is quite an extreme... You, you look at that and you think that I want my daughter to be judged by the content of their character rather than by the color of their skin. Uh, and it was a great speech, you know, very inspired. Um, but that phrase, judged by the content of their character, I don't know if we do that today. I still don't think we do that. Mm. Do you know what I mean? I, yeah. I think uh, in some respects we do the exact opposite of that yeah. uh, in a lot of ways. Um, and... Yeah. So that just made me think of, of, of that when you were. So I've got a question for you. Have you got an example from your own life where you've been like the prisoner? Where on the outside it might have looked all great, but actually on the inside you were the prisoner? Yeah, I think um, 
before I became a Christian uh, would be an obvious, well, to me would be an obvious answer. It's maybe not an obvious answer to everybody else. Um, in the sense that um, I was 18. Um, I did well at school. I'd taken a year out. I was living in the States. Um, I was having a lot of fun um, in life. And for, you know, from all windows, it looked like life was good. But um, I think internally I was all kind of wrapped up. Uh, and I didn't really discover what that was all about until a few months later when I became a Christian. And even then, actually, not straight away. It took mm. several months for that to sort of unravel. Um, and I think even in my Christian walk, I would say that there are prisons, for want of a better expression, that I found myself in that mm. God has then had me deal with, if that makes sense. Yeah. Mm. Um, so one would be things like um, uh, toxic positivity, I think, was probably something that I, I struggled with in a lot of ways, you know. Um, the other thing that Pete said, which really resonated with me, was this formulaic idea of God that if I do A plus B, then I'm going to get C as a result, you know. And I think, I think that was me. If I if I give, if I tithe, we like to call it tithing in church because mm -hmm. this is an old fashioned word. Uh, but if I give, this tithe means to give. If I give some of my money, well, the Bible says that he will give it back to me, pressed down, shaken together and running over. He shall give to me, you know, Luke 6, 38. And so it be, it, that whole thing then became a formula. So it's like, well, if I give 100 quid, does that mean God's going to give me 1,000 quid back? Mm -hmm. And it was, it was stupid thinking. It was very, very stupid thinking because it became this God's a slot machine that yeah. I, rather than someone who is worthy of my worship, rather than some, a God who is worthy of my gift. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? I, I want to give because I want to give and God mm -hmm. blesses me back. But that's not the reason for my giving. Um, but I, yeah. it, 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 there was all those kind of things, you know. Yeah, I think it's very easy to take something that's potentially a good principle as well and then tip it into the unhelpful because yeah. there is that sense in which God says, you know, give and it will be given to you. Yeah. But it doesn't necessarily specify if you give this amount of money, you're going to get that amount of money yeah. going to come on this day. Yeah. And it's much more to do with relationship and that God is a good father and he yeah. wants to give good gifts to his children. So he, in the overarching scheme of things, he's going to provide, but it doesn't mean that that's everything's going to be great all the time or that we're not going to go through times yeah. where we, there's lack because again, Paul, the guy we're talking about today, he talks about um, how he'd learned to be, uh, what's the word, content, content in lack and when he's got too much, yeah. which makes you think, okay, yeah, both, you can hold both and that yeah. doesn't change who God is. So there are times when we we're like scraping by yeah. and there can be times when we have more than enough and when we yeah. have more than enough you know that's to overflow to other people out of you know love and appreciation for god but yeah absolutely yeah absolutely it is an interest yeah and this whole idea of the formulas uh with god that's the danger i think of testimony uh, it's the danger of reading books in a lot of ways, testimony was designed to encourage. So you you tell the story of how God has been faithful, and this is very biblical, right? Mm. You tell the story and in the Bible, you would actually build a memorial, you know, to remember that story. Yeah. Um, and you would have a, a celebration. You would have a feast, and you would get together and tell each other stories and remember these things that God had done. Um, because the God who is faithful yesterday is faithful 
today and is faithful tomorrow. So we know that God's faithful. Um, but we've taken that and translated that down to say, well, God did it that way in the past, therefore he will do it that way again. Um, and so you hear stories of people who do incredible things, right? And they write it in a book or they come on the podcast, like what's the story? And they tell you the story. Um, and so there's a danger, isn't there? That you, yeah. in your life, you go, well, I'm going to, that's amazing what they did. The classic one was the guy who came on, um, not onto the podcast, but he told the story of how God told him to give away his house. So they gave away their house and lo and behold, somebody gave them a house that was bigger and better than the one that they had. And there's this sort of really amazing sort of supernatural story that sort of connects these two things together. And so you kind of sit there and go, well, I want a bigger house. Therefore, I'm going to give away my house and God's going to give me a bigger house. Mm -hmm. And because he did it for them over there, therefore he will do it for me. And whilst there is some element of encouragement in the way that they told their testimony we've then boiled that down to a formula yeah. so people have gone away and given houses away and lo and behold they end up without the bigger house and it causes all kinds of problems yeah because we boil god down to a formula rather than going right what, what god are what are you saying, saying to, to me? me yeah yeah and that's the key isn't it yeah i've definitely done that in the past um i think there was um a certain trip that i felt that uh that god was saying to go on um, it was like a church-related thing yeah. years ago. And so I was like, great, I'll just go that, and God's going to provide the money for it and all the rest of it. <coughs> I didn't actually stop to ask any more details. I just made a lot of presumptions and then ended up in debt. <laughs> and you're like, yeah. yeah, that was a bit silly. So it is yeah. very much about relationship, isn't it? And sometimes we do do our best at listening to God, and we still sometimes still we get it wrong, don't we? But... No, yeah, to be fair, it's me that gets it wrong more than you, though. <laughs> this is why our marriage works so well, because I'm married to Sharon, who just stops me getting it wrong most of the time, which is wonderful. Um, so, uh, same question back to you about prisons. Have you What prisons have you been in? Oh, definitely. I have probably talked about mine quite a lot on here before, so I don't know whether about to do it again. But, uh, yeah, even, I think, as a Christian, not understanding how God and his kingdom really worked. I'd like heard words like repentance and forgiveness, but didn't really understand how to do them. There's a lot yeah. of head knowledge, but not anything that actually got down to my heart. So I think just from my own stuff that I've got wrong, just that sense of bondage, like, oh, God can't be pleased with me because of this, this and this, and trying to, you know, just work to please God and then just stuff from the past where I held on to it and not forgiven people just had me in this place of yeah. it was like mental torture um and I uh, sometimes I hear people in the news now just saying I'm never going to forgive them and I'm like on the one hand I can understand it because the stuff that happened has happened that mm. made it onto the news is so big and you're like yeah that is that's a tough one to forgive but on the other hand I know what that unforgiveness does and i'm like yeah. they're gonna end up in bondage their whole life if they don't let go of it and yeah. um and i just had that feeling i think for for years of as if a, a kind of bungee was attached to my back and every time i try and move forward it would pull me back mm. because of all this unresolved stuff that that um when you really understand the gospel it deals with all of that it deals with our own 
shortcomings, our own rebellion and our own mess. And it also helps us to deal with the stuff that's happened to us. Yeah. And it deals with our sense of who we are because um, uh, the gospel's not shy on saying, actually, we are very broken people and we are a mess. But at the same time, it talks about how loved we are. And so, yeah, it is very freeing. Yeah, absolutely. Very good. So what about you guys? Uh, The toughest prison. Oh, here we go. Nicola. Uh, The toughest prison to be in is your own brain and body. Yeah. What do you think to that? Um, Yeah, definitely. Yeah. Uh, I don't know what else to say to that. (laughs) (laughs) Three. Yeah, no, it's true. Um, How long did it take for Sharon to get used to Matt's interruptions? I'm quite good at interrupting him as well. (laughs) We're all good. (laughs) very back and forth in our relationship (laughs) (laughs) and if it gets too bad she just goes stop (laughs) so let's go to paul and silas who were in jail one of the things that pete was talking about here was when the earthquake came and the prison shook they could have escaped but they chose Mm -hmm. not to which when you look at it on the surface of things, is quite an extraordinary thing to happen, isn't it? Yeah, I think my first response would have been, let's go. <laughs> would have been like, cheers, God, leg it. Yeah, it's like, okay, God's opened this way up. Let's just get out of here now while we've got yeah. the chance. Yeah. But there's, um, and again, talking about freedom, I've mentioned this a few times on Crowd. For me, the definition of freedom uh, that I really, really like, that I think is really helpful in the context of Christianity is this. A free man or woman has the ability to choose what binds them. In other words, we are bound to something. Um, It doesn't matter how free we are, we are bound to something. Um, And we think that freedom is trying to escape that bondage. And in in some cases it might be, but real freedom goes, right, well, I'm going to be bound by something, I'm going to be bound by that over there. And in the context of the gospel, the thing that we're bound to um, is Christ. So Paul talks about this. He says, I am in chains to Christ. I am in bondage to Christ, right? I'm his bond servant would be language that he would use. And what we see here in this prison is Paul acting as a free man. He's like, well, yeah, I can escape. But no, I'm just, no, no, I don't think that's. I don't think that's the right thing to do. He had the ability to choose what bound him. And for me, I th- what we see here in this story is real freedom yeah. and the ability to choose that. Whereas, again, what Pete was saying, if outside of that, the one thing that we are all bound to um, is sin. Mm. And sin is destructive in many ways, but we like it and it's good. And sin is just, it's just a Christian it's word. Good. Well, in a lot of ways. Oh, as in it feels good. It feels good. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I'm, I don't, I'm not telling you go sin. Don't <laughs> I'm like, uh, mixed messages here. <laughs> See, this is Sharon interrupting me. Um, no, no, it's fine. But it, <laughs> uh, but it feels good. And, and, and we, we do these things, don't we? And it, But it, we're bound to it. Um, and so Paul uses this phrase a lot. You know, how can I escape this bondage? Uh, well, it's just... This is what we see. That we this is the freedom that Christ brings us in a lot of ways. And so, um, yeah, free men. We can choose what binds us. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so you have to choose. I think in life, what binds you? Uh, is it your devotion to self? Is it your devotion to Christ? Is that what? It, uh, is that what you're bound to? Mm-hmm. Um, 
I, I wish it was black and white in a lot of ways. Oh, drop my pen. Um, because <laughs> it's not always, I mean, it's easy to say, oh, I'm, I'm devoted to Christ, obviously. Yes, I'm a Christian, I'm devoted to Christ. But the outworking of that is obviously, because we're still quite selfish, I think, as people sometimes. Mm. Um, but yeah, I uh, just wanted to touch on that. What did you think to that anyway, the, the whole freedom thing? Them not, them not escaping. Yeah, I did think that was interesting because, like I said, I think my first thing would have been, this is God's provision. God's done this miracle. Let's just scarper. <laughs> <laughs> Let's just scarper, yes. God's done this miracle. Let's just mm -hmm. scarper. Yeah, I think on the, you know, the whole fight and flight thing, my tendency would definitely be on the flight. Like, let's just get out. Yeah. Yeah. Let's just, let's, yeah. <laughs> I'm with you. I'm with you. So, anything else on any of that? I'm aware of the time. Yeah. I think those were the main things that I kind of picked up on. There, there were loads. I think all the, the scriptures that he gave towards the end of, saying, you know, okay, why could these guys sing even though they were in this really tricky situation? And just yeah. looking at that, how God's rescued us from the kingdom of darkness and how he's brought us into light and, um, yeah, not been able, didn't write them all down, but yeah, that whole bigger picture thing is a good reminder, I think. Yeah, absolutely. And, and, and just to say, if you are going through something you feel like you're in some kind of jail right now um and you're subscribed to the theology which says to sing a little louder and the jail doors will open um and maybe they will maybe they won't by your singing it and again just to come back to something that pete just brought up on that because sometimes we we subscribe to this type of theology and things don't happen and so then we have to either say well that's my fault because i've not sung loud enough i've not believed hard enough um or we say that's god's fault because i did my bit but god didn't do his bit mm. um and i just think that's very unhelpful places to be and i think you you the the lesson that we learn is whatever situation we're in we can sing because of the gospel regardless of what then happens mm. um and the other thing to say is if there's a door which looks like a way of escape like god has just supernaturally gone there's a door open doesn't mean you should always run through it uh which is just very very hard to hear <laughs> very hard to hear uh so um but yeah i just want to say that uh it's not about you and your efforts. It's not about how loud you sing or how um, quiet you sing. Um, but it's about the fact that you can sing irrespective of what jail you find yourself in because the ultimate jail you've been freed from. Um, and that is the beauty of the gospel. So let's have a look. Uh, as someone who has an illness that reduces what I can do is... In fact, let me add this to the comments. Uh, what I can do is very tough, but I have the choice to live in this prison or find ways to live a good life with God. Yeah. Yeah. Long-term illness is hard. Yeah. Very hard. Um, I, I think it partly comes back to that quote that I did before that, um, like the modern way that we think of a good mm. life is being able to do all this stuff and amazing things, but that's not, and obviously that's what we'd all want really that's what yeah. i'd want for you nicola but um yeah we, even within that 
I do believe that, you know you can have a good life um, and for other people in similar situations. Yeah, yeah, you can, and it's the hardest thing to do, isn't it? And with long term illnesses, like God, what's your plan here? Yeah, what's your tough. thinking? Really tough. It's very tough, you know, especially when there's pain involved. You go, what do you, what's going on here? What's your plan? What do you want for me to do? I don't know, but in the midst of this, I choose to sing hymns mm. um, and be grateful and be thankful. Mm. Uh, it's very hard to do, but it is ultimately what we have. Mm. Um, and I think it changes things. Mm. Very good. Uh, what else is Edmo's voice is going? Yeah, what's happening next week? Is my voice going? I'm very sorry, Matthew. Um, so what is happening next week is we have, who did I say was hosting? We've got Dan and Anna hosting next week and you are speaking. Yeah, fortunately I recorded it before my voice went. So we're good. Yeah, we're going to be carry on next week. Uh, next week I'm looking at uh, Paul. Uh, Paul carries on his sort of missionary journey and he ends up in Athens. Oh, yes, he does. Uh, speaking to a bunch of Athenian guys who have never really heard about Jesus before. Um, usually we see Paul talking to Jews uh, who understand uh, who the Messiah is. They've heard rumors of Jesus and are very curious. Next week, he's talking to an audience that doesn't really have a clue uh, about who Jesus is. And so there are five things in this message that uh, Paul draws out about being a Christian. So five things that happen uh, when you become a Christian. And we're going to get into those. Really great talk, actually. Uh, if you want a sneak peek... It's on the website already, not the talk, but the actual, there's a big old blog post about what it means to become a Christian, how do I become a Christian. Going to take that. It was easy because I said I'd already done the article. Uh, so we are look, looking at that next week. So do come and join us. Make sure you like and subscribe and all that sort of good stuff and you'll get the notifications when we are live. There's a reminder from Matt Crew about the Zoom, which happens on Wednesdays, yep. 8 o'clock uh, UK time. Uh, do join us. It's very low key. We just uh, share where each of us are up to, and then we just pray for different situations. So yeah, yeah. Join us. Do come and join us if you want to find out more about that. Just head over to the website www.crowd.church, or find us on social media at Crowd Church. Reach out to us, and we will send you the Zoom link. On the website, there is also a WhatsApp number which you can reach us on uh, if you would like to connect with us on WhatsApp. I know a lot of you guys do. A lot of questions come through WhatsApp. Uh, which is great. Going to be sharing Jenny's story next week, which I'm really excited about in the talk. Um, Jenny, who got baptized last week, um, has given us permission to share a bit of her story in the talk next week. Um, and uh, Jenny and I connected on WhatsApp. That's how we first she came across some of the videos, uh, sent in a message over WhatsApp, started asking some questions, went back and forth. Uh, we w Don't get me wrong, there were other things involved in this whole thing, but um, yeah, it was great. Great, love that. So do come and hear Jen's story. But if you would like to reach hold of us uh, on the WhatsApp, you can find the number also on the website, www.crowd.church. So yes, oh, clocks change in a fortnight. That's good to know. So let me just tell you what's happening uh, coming up in the next few weeks. On Bonfire Night here in the UK, which is November the 5th, if you're outside of the UK, we are going to have a non-live live stream mainly because all the hosts have got plans for bonfire night. Um, and so we're going to do things a little bit differently in a couple of weeks. Uh, so November 5th, uh, which is bonfire night. Um, it's very, very hard to try and explain bonfire night to anybody outside of the UK. 
yeah, it's a bit of a weird one, really. But it's just an excuse for a get together and some food, really. Yeah, it's, it's a, just a really bizarre story. It is. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know why we celebrate it, but it's just it's one of those things that we. It's not really a celebration. It's just we just get fireworks and we get bonfires going and we have a bit of a laugh. So that's what happens in the UK. So bonfire now will be a non-live live stream. Basically, a non-live live stream. Uh, is where we uh, we just send something out, um, but we don't really have live hosts answering questions or comments, which is also, Miriam, coming back to your question about Christmas, what will happen on the Christmas service? So we've got a Christmas service, Christmas Eve, and then there's a New Year's Eve service. Both of those will be non-live live streams. Everything else will be as normal. And Matthew Crew, to answer your question, the last chapter of Acts, I think, looking at the schedule, you understand it could change. Uh, as things currently stand in the schedule, is going to be the end of January. Yeah. So we're, feels, cr we're crawling. We're crawling. It feels like we're getting towards the end now. I've really enjoyed it. Have you enjoyed it? Bits of it, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> wow. <laughs> Which bits have you not enjoyed? That's maybe a bigger question. <laughs> Talk later. <laughs> I'm really intrigued now, ladies and gentlemen. I don't know about you. Okay, so, yeah, fireworks and food. Boom. That's fireworks night. Uh, bonfire night look that's it there we go so let me take that off the screen and uh, you see nicholas comment thank you so much for joining us wherever you are in the world it's been great uh thank you pete for doing that talk love pete's talk if you have been watching uh on catch up why not come join us in the live streams where you can also join in the comments uh, as we are going on be great to see you there and of course you can still reach us on the via the website via social media or via WhatsApp, whether you're watching live or on WhatsApp. It'd be great to hear from you. You can also email us. Hashtag just saying. Uh, be great to hear from you. Do connect. Thank you so much for joining us. Uh, anything else from you? No, just enjoy the rest of your day, however much you've got left. <laughs> <laughs> yes. on where in the world you're <laughs> That's true. It's very, very much dependent on where you're in the world. Uh, but yeah, that's it from us. Thank you so much for joining us. Uh, God bless you. I'll see you next Well, I won't see you next No, I'll be in the talk. I will see you next week, kind of. Uh, but Dan and Anna will be the host. So until then, bye for now. Goodbye. God bless you. Thank you so much for joining us here on Crowd Church. Now, if you are watching on YouTube, make sure you hit the subscribe button as well as that little tiny bell notification to get notified the next time we are live. And of course, if you are listening to the podcast, uh, the live stream podcast, make sure you also hit the follow button. Now, by smashing the like button on YouTube or writing a review on your podcast platform, it helps us reach more people with the message that Jesus really does help us live a more meaningful and purposeful life. So if you haven't done so already, be sure to check out our website, www.crowd.church, where you can learn more about us as a church, more about the Christian faith, and also how to connect into our church community. It has been awesome to connect with you and you are awesome. It's just a burden you have to bear and hopefully we'll see you next time. That's it from us, God bless you. Bye for now.